The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Lucy Hewitt, and her guest experts. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here is Lucy Hewitt. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Madeline Hewitt. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and welcome to our show today. We just found out that over the past few weeks that we've had people listening to our show from all the way from Japan and Turkey, Germany, Korea, Switzerland, Mexico, England, Belgium, the Ukraine, Argentina, and the Russian Federation. And believe it or not, our highest number of listeners is from the, the area that includes Texas. It's Texas and a few of the other states around there. And um, so hello to all of you nutritious, conscious Texans. Now, we're here in Minneapolis, and we just got our first light snow last night. And I'm looking out the windows here, and it's a beautiful sunny day. I see very, very, very few clouds in the sky. And I'll, that snow, it was hardly any last night, but pretty much it's all gone but it is feeling pretty cold here and I think that winter is arriving after we've had a long beautiful fall season and speaking of seasons we here in the U.S. we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving next week next Thursday and so for those of you who are in other countries maybe you're Americans celebrating Thanksgiving in, in those countries but if you're not, of course, you two have your own holiday traditions where that you'll find that every single one of our tips today could apply to you too. So for all of us celebrating holidays, the key is to plan ahead if you want to continue a lifestyle that supports your health. Now, we're taking callers and emailers on our show today. So we're going to just encourage you, if you feel like you just don't want to call and speak up, feel free to send us an email. And that email, if you're, if you're online, there's a click or a link to it. You can just click that. If you're not, uh, right on that screen, you can just type in info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. And we, but we do encourage you to get out your phone and call us. Let us know what trouble you have over the holidays or maybe tell us what you found works especially well for you. And maybe you have questions on a recipe that we've given out in past shows. We can help you troubleshoot. And that phone number is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's start with the P word, P for planning. (laughs) So for your holidays, usually the holiday isn't just one day. It extends in through a whole weekend, maybe two days, maybe three, maybe four. We suggest that you actually plan for the whole weekend and not only the day that the holiday lands on. And plan in advance the food that you're going to eat 
the exercise that you're going to do and when that's going to happen. And plan in, of course, relaxation. Start with the food and start with a grocery list. And get to the grocery store, get your food, knowing that when you have the food that's readily available, it's much easier for you to stay on track. And this includes all of you that might be traveling over the holiday weekend. Plan ahead and even bring some of those things that you know that you need to keep yourself on track. Like, what would those things be, for instance? Well, if you're using the dynamic greens, which is those concentrated plant nutrients, bring a canister of that with you. And that's good if you're wanting something like some treats or some beverages that you don't really think are going to be a good choice. Have some dynamic greens instead. Or if you start to get yourself off track with your eating, have some dynamic greens, and those usually get you right back on track. All of those nutrients just make you not want all of the other treats that might be sitting around. Mm-hmm. And I have another idea, something maybe you two can guess. What do we all carry in our purse? I can't, I'm not sure. Oh, our <laughs> Himalayan salt. Is yes. that it? Yes. 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 Yes, you can bring your Himalayan salt with you and put that on your food, whether you go to restaurants or you're eating in the hotel or at your friends' houses. Yeah, and find something convenient and small to put it in. The the original crystal Himalayan salt, which we really promote people using because it's just such high quality and it's been compressed for thousands of years. So it really carries different energies and it carries a, a crystalline structure. Um, it comes in this big box. We wouldn't suggest putting that great big box in your purse. Um, take, take some <laughs> out or maybe just the the fabric bag that's in there, just put a small amount, like a couple tablespoons in that fabric bag um, or choose some other thing, probably not plastic. Maybe make your own fabric bag and keep that in your purse. And that way that you can just get that out anytime, whether you're um, on the airplane or you're at a restaurant or your friend's house, it's just available for you. Yeah, I've noticed from a few clients, or I've heard from a few clients lately who have traveled, and they come back and they've gained some weight. They've eaten very well, and they've stuck to their eating plan, but it was that airplane ride that they say, I need to recover from this airplane ride, and they got all bloated and puffy because the airplane and the airport have a lot of toxins, or you might be eating a lot of food with that table salt in it. That makes you puffed up. Oh, absolutely. There's something that um, I started doing when I fly in the airplanes, and that's, um, you had already mentioned the dynamic greens, but I bring single servings of the dynamic greens with me on the airplane, and then when they come around with the beverages, I ask for sparkling water, and that's not something that I would normally have or promote. People have sparkling water all the time, but for special occasions and something like traveling, I just ask for the can of sparkling water, and they give it along with a, a cup with ice in it, and then I put the dynamic greens in there and it makes actually a really, really nice special treat to have. And um, it's, it's amazing drinking something like that on the plane. I feel completely different when I get off the plane, not that groggy, yeah. icky, puffy, bloated feeling. And um, then able to just finish the rest of my trip, you know, the luggage and the cab and all the stuff that everybody goes through and they travel. It's helpful to have that extra boost of nutrition and also hydration when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. 
but back to Thanksgiving, um, we suggest, you know, planning your Thanksgiving menu. And many, many of you probably have already thought about this, especially if you're going to have a big party at your own house. You've probably already planned what your menu is. But if you haven't, we're going to just be going over some things and some tips that uh, are beneficial for everybody. And we suggest starting with the meat. And most people will serve turkey, but you can serve duck, chicken, really any kind of meat, and even fish. And something that I found out from my massage therapist this week is that um, he was researching Thanksgiving and found that the early Thanksgivings, they actually didn't serve turkey. They served, um, they were next to the sea, so they served uh, seafood. So lots of lobster and crab and that sort of thing. And at some point, it... It turned into turkey. So really, just choose your your meat or your fish as your base. And then choose at least three vegetables. And this is something we went over in a different show, but I think that it's important to actually repeat this for people. It's so important, and it's easy to miss some of the details. But when you're thinking about vegetables for your Thanksgiving or any holiday dinner, think of it a little bit like a puzzle. Choose a vegetable and then you choose the fat or oil, and choose the seasoning. And then you can mix and match to your heart's content. So an example might be that you go, I'm going to make the spicy green beans. So green beans would be your vegetable, and you maybe you cook those or saute those in sesame oil, and then choose something like Cajun seasoning or cayenne pepper, and you've got some great tasting spicy green beans another one could be roasted asparagus so that would be get out a cookie sheet and put a little bit of coconut oil on the pan and toss around the long stems of the asparagus cut off the thick ends that are tough and get the coconut oil to be all around the asparagus not only on the pan sprinkle it with some himalayan salt and go ahead and just roast or cook that in an oven maybe at 350 that's delicious Another one would be Brussels sprouts. Now these, you would clean those Brussels sprouts, cut off any parts that you need to, and put those in a pan of water, and you'll need to cook those, boil those for enough time where you stick a knife or a fork in the Brussels sprout, and then it's nice and soft. Drain that water off when it's done. Drizzle with olive oil, and then choose some sort of an herb blend and some Himalayan salt. Those are also just fantastic tasting. And, you know, I've actually been making a different Brussels sprout dish, which tastes so good. And what is I'm, it? Well, I'm a pretty big fan of Brussels sprouts already, but I like to get kind of creative with them. So some of you that come to the studio, you might know about the cauliflower rice. So if, um, if, if you're familiar with that, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But if not, basically you take your Brussels sprouts after you've cleaned them, put them in a food processor, and just... Blend them up, not until they're pureed by any means, but just um, chop them up for a while until they're little pieces, a little bit like rice, although so that's it's going to be more ricing, flaky. Right? Yeah, it's that's a, it's called ricing, and you can do that with cauliflower, but you're doing it with the Brussels sprouts. Yes, yeah, so it won't be exactly like rice because you know how Brussels sprouts are a little bit flakier, so um, it's just tiny little pieces of Brussels sprouts. And then I'll take, well, I've been using duck fat, but you can really choose any fat, coconut oil, or maybe some pasture butter. butter. That's really fun. (laughs) Yeah, put that into the saute pan. So you melt the fat, and then you just put in all of the Brussels sprouts and saute it up. And I've been just even just putting salt and pepper and maybe a little bit of cayenne, but any seasonings work with Brussels sprouts. And 
it's just, it, it's a really fun way to eat Brussels sprouts. It's a different texture, and I think it would go great with all the different textures and the colors in a Thanksgiving meal. So is that kind of like, it would seem kind of like rice on your plate? Like, is it flaky, or what is it like? Um, it's a little bit flaky, but um, it, it's, I guess it would be a combination between, like, um, chopped spinach and rice, so it's not it's not nearly as soft and um, uh, yeah, I guess it's not nearly as soft as spinach would be, but it's not as firm as rice would be. Mm-hmm. And then, what if you sense. did that same thing with cauliflower? Is it exactly the same, or is cauliflower different than when you do that with Brussels sprouts? Cauliflower turns out much more like rice, so it's a bit—it's quite a bit more firm, and it holds its shape better. So you okay. would do the same thing by putting the cauliflower in the food processor and chop it up, and then mm-hmm. it, uh, it's just going to be in little pieces. And once you saute that or put it in whatever dish you're you're cooking, that mm-hmm. one tastes much more like rice. Well, so you could even do both, kind of. You could have, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've done that uh-huh. with asparagus as well. Oh, wow! That yeah. really gives something different than than something that people think of as traditional vegetables. It's yeah. A, yeah, Madeline. I'm glad you brought that up because clients come to me and they say that they're so tired with all of their vegetables that they always have to be eating. <laughs> but you can find a lot of variety in the foods that you're eating by just changing the way you cut up the vegetables. And don't the Brussels sprouts taste like a whole new food mm-hmm. when you cut yeah. them up that way? Yeah, yeah, it's just a nice variety. And, and also, um, you know how Brussels sprouts have kind of a bad rap for tasting bad. So I, I bet if you have kids or other people in your family and you make this vegetable rice like if you blend up oh some they would like that and brussels sprouts and asparagus yeah. like you wouldn't even know that there are brussels sprouts in there that would be delicious. That's a great idea and something else i think that people could do is use in small amounts these other oils like a small amount of peanut oil is going to give a different flavor yeah. and the sesame oil also would give a different flavor and not always oil. use yep palm oil would be another one to use well, so you, you can really change the flavors yeah and you had mentioned maybe making duck as your meat and uh-huh. i've made quite a bit of duck um that's my favorite food in the whole world right now is duck and if you make duck there are lots of fat drippings like more than you have um you know more than you have ideas to use for so you can really use that duck um the fat to cook some of these other vegetables and it does give it a little bit of a different flavor so how would you do that you mean you'd cook your duck and then the fat would drip off and then you'd pour it into a container and save for later Yes. Like I have a container. I just have like a glass Tupperware container full of dock fat in the fridge. And it's just, um, you know, when it's melted, it's obviously liquid form. Once it's cooled down, it's very firm like butter. Hmm. And I just keep that in the fridge. Okay. I have a question. Um, have you ever used, <laughs> have you ever used the duck fat to make the thin mints? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I actually read somewhere online that you can use that to, in baking. Um, uh-huh. so I haven't used duck fat in thin mints. I'm a little bit scared too, because it does taste a little bit, um, yeah. savory. 
Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so I, but I'm actually probably going to try it because I actually, I have a lot of duck fat. I have it in my freezer. Sure. I have more uh-huh. than I have, uh, you know, that I need. Uh-huh. So I would try it and maybe I'll, you know, post something yeah. about that. Yeah. And, then re- and then report on that on one yeah. of our other shows. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've used palm oil and I, I keep bringing up palm oil because that's my favorite food lately. It's a bright red oil. Similar to coconut oil, but bright red. And I've used that in my Thin Mints, but just a small amount because it actually, it keeps the Thin Mints whatever color that you want them to be. So they're brown or they're white, whatever. But when you touch it and then the oil starts to melt in your hand, it leaves a reddish residue. So I would think it wouldn't work to make the entire Thin Mint with palm oil. Does it stain? No, it doesn't stain, but it's... Yeah, I don't think it stains. I haven't tested that out. <laughs> so maybe you could make thin mints with the palm oil and then the strawberry, the strawberry kiwi dynamic greens. <laughs> yes. Pink so mints. the whole thing is pink. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. Well, and I've been making my thin mints um, totally different. I've been making them like with pumpkin pie spices and no chocolate or mint flavors. And I would think that that duck fat would actually work better in those pumpkin flavored <laughs> ones because... You know, uh-huh. as, if it, if it does have that savory taste, it's like yeah. Thanksgiving dinner thin mints. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. For, you know, for those of you, the listeners who haven't read about the thin mints, you don't know what we're talking about. Look on our blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com, and that's where the basic thin mint recipe is. And then we're talking about all these adaptations that we've experimented with. So you can come up with your own adaptations too. Mm-hmm. We've had somebody, one of the clients came in with some lemon ones. She called them lemon something. Lemon, lemon zingers? No, like I, I don't remember what it was, but um, lemon something. And it was kind of like lemon shortbread. And that's something she was fine-tuning the recipe. And so when she uh, gets that kind of set, then we can also post that recipe for everybody to try. Oh, yeah. you know, I think I saw those. Um, actually, I remember this. Those were in the freezer here at work. Yeah. And I saw them and I thought that somebody had brought in like some regular treats, that, like <laughs> sugar that we normally wouldn't have. And what I, are these? Yeah. And I never eat sugar and I saw those in there and I actually ate one and I thought to myself, I can't believe I just ate some sugar. And the, I mean, now I know there actually isn't any sugar in there. They're made with ingredients that we would promote. But I, I really thought that I was eating like somebody's Christmas cookies. Because yeah. they were like kind that. of crumbly. They really did, weren't like the Thin Mints at all. They had a totally different texture. Yeah. Oh, you guys, it looks like it's time for a break. So we'll be back b- soon and we'll keep talking about Thanksgiving. <laughs> if you have questions for us, give us a call at one 472 5792 or write us an email at info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. 
Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. Before the break, we were talking about how to plan for Thanksgiving and other holidays. Yeah, Slender Lemons. Oh, that that's is what the name it is. of it. Yeah, and, and the client, her name was, is Lisa, and she came up. She's actually a gourmet chef, and she took the Thin Mints recipe, and she's playing around with it, and she came up with this variation called Slender Lemons. So, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to have to get that recipe, and we'll be posting that on our blog as well and giving her credit for that one. Oh, good. Yeah, but now back to, back to Thanksgiving. We got off track again for some reason. And we always love to talk about the thin mints, but uh, let's let's just get back to Thanksgiving. We were discussing some of these vegetables and talked about some Brussels sprouts variations. And another one, this is this isn't too big of a variation, but another one that's just a, a good standby is steamed broccoli. Drain it, but then drench it with melted butter. So I don't mean like you know a sitting in pools of butter, but put enough on it that it's appealing for people. And there's nothing better for you than some good pasture butter. It's great fat and um, makes the broccoli taste wonderful, especially for people that vegetables don't really appeal to. And then just sprinkle with some Himalayan salt or any other sort of herb blend that you might choose. And then along with all that great array of vegetables is another one. It's a salad. So choose something that would be vegetable based rather than something like a pasta salad you know that that's i've always kind of wondered why they call things like that a salad but 
Um, maybe it's because it's cold. I'm not sure. But here, you know, the definition of the salad, let's just stick mostly with vegetables and choose really nutrient-rich greens, maybe something like spinach and throw some cilantro in there, arugula, and then choose some, some of the bright vegetables like the red peppers, the yellow or the orange peppers, some snap peas, some green onion. How about a few little slices of apple and some walnuts? And then add olive oil to your salad. When you put just olive oil on like that, it doesn't wilt. And it also becomes an incredibly bright, fresh green color. And then just sprinkle it with some Himalayan salt and some herbs. And it's um, yummy, yummy, yummy. If you're really craving something like the vinegar, that we would suggest maybe just a few drops of lemon juice mm. over that to mix in. And so, so you can see so far that we've built this meal around some meat or fish. And then you've got an array of vegetables that have different colors, different textures. They have different oils on them and different seasonings. And those would be your cooked vegetables. And then we have the raw vegetables with the salad. Now, along with that, since it's a holiday, a special time, we would suggest then you add in some sort of starchy vegetable. Now, that could be something like the sweet potato soup, which is the bright, pretty orange color. We talked about this on our last radio show, which is the sweet potato soup is incredibly easy to make. And just peel the sweet potatoes, or you're going to actually buy yams in the store. They're called yams, but technically they are sweet potatoes. So they should be the bright orange ones. Don't get what's tech- what in the stores called the sweet potato. It's going to be white. You don't want to get those. Get Get the jewel or the other kind of yam. Garnet. Garnet, yep, Mm -hmm. one of those. And then you're going to just peel them, clean it up, uh, cut it into a few few pieces, put it in a pan of water, and you're just going to cook those sweet potatoes until you can stick a fork in and they're soft. And then you take the water and the sweet potatoes, reserve a little water out. So you don't want to put too much water in because then you can't take it out. So with the sweet potatoes and a little bit of the water in your blender or Vitamix or whatever type of device that you use, And turn it on, spin it up. It should puree very, very quick, 10 or 15 seconds. Add more water if you need. And it's amazing. It's sweet. It's flavorful. Maybe add a little bit of salt, a few drops of olive oil, and you've got yourself a really, really wonderful And you can put cinnamon on that soup, too. Cinnamon would be great. Another starchy vegetable could be any kind of squash, really. I I would choose butternut. That's one of my favorite, but acorn squash works. If you want one that's a little bit less starchy, maybe the spaghetti squash. But squash adds beautiful color to your holiday plate. Um, And then in addition or instead, you might choose to make the white potatoes, the roasted potatoes. Uh, wash those off, chop them into just pieces. Just They're kind of like, not triangles, but kind of like that. And mm-hmm. you're going to toss them with some sort of oil. I would maybe suggest coconut oil, but you could actually try the sesame oil. You could try the peanut oil, and you could also try butter. Put those on the cookie sheet in the pan with some rosemary and some Himalayan salt. And then you just roast those and yummy, yummy. And with that rosemary in the oven, it really smells the house up in just a wonderful, wonderful way. 
And then we have cranberries. How about those? Um, Lucy, you have a yes. good way of making cranberries. Yeah, cranberry sauce with chia seeds. And these are sugar-free and they still taste delicious. Um, so for the ingredients, you would use two cups of cranberries. You can use the fresh ones or frozen cranberries. So you're not talking about the ones in the can, are you? No, not at all. This is making fresh cranberry sauce on your stove like from the real cranberries. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And this is the time of year that they're in season. So they're so much more full of flavor and they have that good texture. And without all of that sugar, because the canned stuff really is just a can of syrup with some cranberries added, I bet. Mm-hmm. So, so you take your cranberries and then about two cups of water, place that in a saucepan and cook for 15 minutes. Or until all of the cranberries burst open. Isn't that kind of fun? They start popping. It is. And they're so beautiful. Beautiful pinkish reddish color. This is my favorite one to make just for that reason. And then is that it? You just cook them? Well, you cook them and then you pour them into... You You can keep it in your pan, but you remove it from heat. I like to pour the cranberries into the serving dish at this point, And then I add stevia. Uh, about a teaspoon of the liquid stevia, or you could use powdered stevia uh, just to taste. So once you mix some of the stevia in, taste some of it. And if it's not sweet enough for you, just add more. You could also add some orange zest. So you take a fresh orange and grate off about a tablespoon of just the orange peel, just the orange part of the peel not the white part of the so I have some oranges sitting right next to me, right by my right shoulder out here. Oh, There's you an orange do. tree with some ripe oranges. There's about 12 oranges on this tree. So I could actually just take one of those yeah. oranges and make orange zest for the cranberries. Yeah, you could. And that would add it a little extra zing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you just mix all of that together, and then you add the chia seeds. And the chia seeds give it that really nice firm texture. When you put chia seeds in water, they gel up. So we have other recipes for pudding and all of these things. But in this recipe, you add the chia seeds. How much about? About uh, three tablespoons. Two or three tablespoons. And this isn't the ground chia seeds. You want whole chia seeds. And then with this recipe, it's also, um, it doesn't have to be very specific. So mm-hmm. you, you could use less of those chia seeds and you could use less or more of the stevia. Um, it's really easy to just add more even once it's done. Like after mm-hmm. you've put it in the fridge and it's cooled down and now it's really firm, if you feel like it's not sweet enough, you could just add you know, add more stevia then. It's it's not final and done. Hopefully you just don't add, you know, too much. Right. Yeah, so if you didn't put the chia seeds in there at all, would that cranberry still firm up? Yes, it wouldn't be as firm as the canned kind, though. It would be more like your traditional... So if you put it on the plate, added. it kind of smears over your yep. plate or it's a little bit runny. And then if you put the chia seeds in, is it really firm? Yes. Yeah, okay. more medium firm. Not If you only put two or three tablespoons of chia seeds in, it's still going to be soft enough that it's not going to be a solid brick like that canned mm-hmm. kind is. But it'll be much more firm. And then if you put those chia spot. seeds in, if you put the chia seeds in, does it... Do, 
are you chewing on seeds? Like, is yeah, it hard? Yeah, they, yeah, you'll still have those little seeds in there, like almost like tapioca little seeds. But they do soften. It's not going to be really hard and crunchy, and you're going to break your teeth or anything. No, it's, crunchy it's at all. a little bit like strawberry seeds. Yeah, it's exactly. You, they kind uh-huh. of, you, like, the only way you really notice them is that they might get stuck in your teeth a little bit. But you don't, it doesn't feel like you're chewing on something that has a crunch necessarily. So if you're at Thanksgiving dinner, you don't want food in your teeth. So is, is that going to be a problem? <laughs> You'll have to put your floss in your pocket. Yeah. Oh, not at the table. <laughs> or your little mirror to pick your teeth. So really, I mean, do they really stick in your teeth? Well, not 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 like as bad as if you were to eat a mouthful of spinach, you know, and that's going to be all You might find it's, one or two in your teeth total. Yeah, it's just that the, the amount of crunch from the seeds is about, like, it's the same experience as eating strawberries where you know how strawberries have all those little black seeds yeah they don't don't really stick in your teeth right yeah you wouldn't say it's like oh yeah it's like having a bunch of nuts mixed Uh in or anything like that it's um really the point of putting the chia seeds in is because they create that pocket of gel around them so they absorb Mm -hmm. water and then they hold like a little pocket of gel around them and that's what makes the the, um, cranberries a little bit like that jello or jam, or or you know that jelly consistency. So yes. you're not putting them in there to give it a crunch. We're putting them in there to give it the gel consistency. Well, so that's interesting, actually. Um, you wouldn't necessarily do this for Thanksgiving, but if somebody was making some kind of fruit sauce, like strawberry or something, you could do the same thing, right? Put some chia seeds in there, and it firms it up a little bit, like jam. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried that, but I would think that would work. And then one time I made those, and I actually put a little bit of orange extract in as well, and that was really good. So it gives Mm. another little fruity kick. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you could even leave the orange zest out and just do the orange extract or do Mm -hmm. both. That gives a really nice compliment on your plate, your your holiday plate of food, when you've got um, these other kinds of flavors. You have savory and you have spicy, and this is a little bit, um, it's actually a little bit sour and sweet, mm-hmm. and then it's that bright red color, so it's that would be a great addition. Yeah, and the red color, so that you get more varieties of colors, because we want the red, orange, yellow, green, and blue, and purple colors, and white. Um, and red isn't always a common one to get. Mm-hmm. Now, besides that, the little cranberries sitting there, fermented vegetables, I like to bring those up. Ooh, <laughs> I just yeah. hear, I can hear people moaning. I can hear you. Oh, no, not the fermented vegetables. <laughs> this, is, this is something that we promote everybody eat as fermented vegetables or some sort of cultured foods on a regular basis. And it really would be treated a little bit like cranberries, where it's just a tablespoon or two on your plate. And uh, we're not going to get all into how to make the fermented vegetables right now. But um, if, if you already know fermented vegetables, I would really suggest planning that in on your ho- your Thanksgiving holiday meal. Even just a tablespoon is going to make a difference for you. And the point of the fermentation is that, it, that these vegetables carry the good bacteria and so they help feed the good bacteria in your gut. Because we're mm-hmm. talking about health and feeling good. And yeah. we want to all feel good over the holidays. And help digest your Thanksgiving meal. Absolutely. 
Then we move on to dessert and one of a lot of people's favorite parts of the meal. And we think about this new pumpkin pie recipe that we actually did get posted on our blog this last week. And so if you haven't had the chance to go there, find that recipe. And um, Lucy, are you or Madeline, one of you is going to go over this recipe. And one of the reasons we wanted to go over it, because we went over it, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. But we've heard some rumblings in the studio that people look at the ingredients and they go... I'm not going to make that because I don't see any condensed or evaporated milk in this. And so they just assume that it's yeah. not going to taste good. So just even throughout this week, we've had various staff members making the pumpkin pie and um, talking about it with, with various people here in the studio that, you know, you, you don't have to put condensed milk in pie to make it taste good. But this pie actually really does taste absolutely delicious. So we're just going to share the recipe again for, for with you. And if you choose, go onto the blog and then it's also written there. Mm-hmm. So the ingredients for the pie crust, if you're jotting this down, it's three-fourths cup of coconut flour, two eggs, a stick of pasture butter that's melted already, one teaspoon of liquid stevia, and then a quarter teaspoon of Himalayan salt. Then the ingredients for the pie filling... Two and a half cups of canned pumpkin, and this is plain pumpkin, not the pumpkin pie mix. Six eggs and lots of spices, so two tablespoons of ground cinnamon, that gives it that great taste. Two teaspoons of ground ginger, a teaspoon of ground nutmeg, a quarter teaspoon of ground clove, a quarter teaspoon of Himalayan salt, and then one teaspoon of liquid stevia. Yeah, and some of this about the crust, the crust has this coconut flour and it has eggs in it. Mm-hmm. And some of the comments we heard is, oh, but you can't put eggs in pie crust. That's right. not going to taste good at all. But, you know, it is different when you're working with coconut flour. Coconut flour doesn't act at all the same as wheat flour. And this actually turns out very, very wonderful. And, of course, it's not exactly the same as your regular pie crust, but it works very, very well. So we, we suggest you actually try it and really think that you could serve this to guests, and they're going to think that it's fabulous. Yeah, one of the instructors here, Beth, made this pie crust, uh, the whole pie, actually, and she tasted some of the crust, and she said it was like eating a butter cookie. It just oh. melted in her mouth. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it's a delicious pie crust. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty simple to make. You uh, preheat the oven to 350 and then mix all the pie crust ingredients in a bowl and then pat the dough into the pie pan. So this isn't a dough that you need to roll out. You actually oh, just take it. That sounds it. like a relief. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Then so it's something really everybody can do. Even if you're not a baker, you can do this. Yes. Yeah, very simple. So you pack it into your pie pan, and then you make your pie filling. You just mix up all of those ingredients together, pour it in. Oh, mix it up. Do you use a rotary beater, or how do you mix it up? I I did it twice, two different ways. Once with a fork, which worked okay, and the second with a food processor, which made it even more smooth. Because the first time I did it with a fork, it worked fine, but then I was tasting little chunks of cinnamon here, and then this there so a rotary so you could even put it in the vitamix yeah even the vitamix would work is this is the filling really runny because wouldn't that run through the 
bottom of your food processor or is it a pretty thick filling? It's pretty thick. You know, it's thin enough that you don't need to use a, a spatula to scoop out all of it. Like, it's not going to be like cookie dough or like um, something thicker like that. But it's not like complete water. It's in between. Mm-hmm. So, no, it doesn't leak out of the food processor. And, you know, it looks like it's time for a break. So let's keep talking about this pie when we get back from our break. And remember, we're taking callers today at one 472 5792 or you can email us at info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ready for in-your-face, smash-mouth talk? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune into Anything Goes featuring Ike Mega Griffin. He's got the facts to back up the talk and invites you to join him every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just before the weekend on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Mega tells it like it is. Make the most of your beautiful life. Listen to Ageless Living with Dr. Tong Lee and co-host Kurt Wilhelm to gain tips on how to live healthier and happier, alleviate suffering, prevent disease, become more beautiful in body, mind, and fashion, and find peace, balance, and success in your life. Are you aware that every 3,500 calories that you eat above what you burn will put a pound of fat on your body? And running one mile only burns 200 calories? So portion size does matter. And migraines do have a cure. What is it? You'll have to tune in Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie. Before the break, we were talking about foods for Thanksgiving, and we were talking about a pumpkin pie recipe. Now, if you didn't get a chance to write down the ingredients and the instructions, visit our blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Mm-hmm. And along with that pumpkin pie, you can go ahead and top that with some whipped coconut milk or whipped coconut cream. And Madeline, this is something you've done before. You have to refrigerate or freeze it first. Is that right? 
Yeah, so I've done this with coconut milk, and I'll just let everybody know it's a little bit inconsistent. Um, uh, do you want me to go through that recipe today? Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's just so, very simple. It's that you just take the coconut milk and the thick part in the can, use that. Is that right? And you just dump out any water that's in there? Well, um, it's a little bit more complex than that. So you need to refrigerate your can of coconut milk first. And sometimes you can't actually tell if the can is all blended up inside or if it's separated. So you just have to hope that you've picked a separated one. And then also for sure, don't shake it up first. Correct. And um, even if it is already separated and you shake it up, if it's, it won't shake up, you know, all the way. But um, sometimes you buy it and it's already combined. Sometimes you buy it and it's completely separated. So you put that in the fridge, hoping that it's separated. And then after a couple of hours after that's refrigerated, take it out and with a can opener, don't open the whole can, but puncture it twice. So you like puncture two holes and then you just tip it upside down and dump out the liquid. And then that will make it less of a mess for you. And then if you have like a KitchenAid mixer or any kind of mixer, already have the mixing bowl frozen. So that's been in the freezer for a couple of hours and the bowl is frozen. So quick, take that out of the freezer, you know, assemble your mixer together, put the thick part of your coconut milk into the mixing bowl, and then you can just add a little bit of stevia. And I like to do either almond extract or cinnamon or vanilla, um, mint. There are a lot of different flavors that you can use. And just whip it up. Now, you don't want to whip it for too long because then it will melt. But just whip it until it's about the consistency of whipped cream, only for you know as, as minimal seconds as you can. And then serve it right then. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. It's, it's delicious. Really yeah, and you then, can even put that in your coffee. So that should yeah. be great for your dessert is the pumpkin pie topped with that whipped coconut milk. Mm-hmm. And um, snacking. You know, you might want to be snacking possibly while your guests are arriving or maybe while you're making some of this food. And something that we could suggest is actually kale chaps. Does anybody eat those? Oh, yeah. Those Those Mm -hmm. are delicious. How do you make kale chops? Again, another easy thing. So the oven, preset the oven to 350, and then you take a whole bunch of kale, and you can just make as much as you want. And I actually personally, if I'm going to have kale chips as part of my meal, I'll eat half a bunch of kale at once. So you take a bunch of kale, as much as you want to be using, wash it, Shake off as much water as you can and then shred it with your hands into small pieces. And then you place them on a cookie sheet. You don't have to grease the cookie sheet. Just spread them out on the cookie sheet in one or two layers. If you get the layers too thick, if you pile up too much kale, it doesn't work as well. So keep the layer of kale thin on top of the cookie sheet. Then sprinkle on a little bit of olive oil, just a little bit, like If you were to measure it out, maybe a teaspoon or two teaspoons, just enough to help it not stick. And then sprinkle on some salt and then put it in the oven. And then the cooking time varies. So maybe about 10 to 15 minutes. Really keep an eye on it while the kale chips are in the oven. And once you see the kale starting to wilt, you know that it is actually almost towards the end. So keep it cooking, really keep your eyes on it, and after it starts wilting, it'll start to crisp up again. And then 
check it, open the oven, check the kale chips, make sure that they're crispy, stir it around a little bit to distribute the salt and the oil, put it back in and wait a little bit longer. And then once it's all crispy, it's done. Hmm. Now, this is something kids love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, great way to have the kids eat the vegetables as well. Kids love this. Actually, I don't know that I've run into anybody who doesn't like these. They're yeah. surprisingly good tasting. They are, and it's kind of like popcorn in a way, that it's mm-hmm. like crunchy and small, mm-hmm. and you can eat a lot of it if you'd like. You know, after your Thanksgiving dinner is over, and maybe it's the next day, um, you know, you've got a couple days ahead of you, and we suggest you plan here as well. And most people will have leftover turkey at that point. So something that you could possibly do is have a turkey sandwich. I know you think, well, of course, I'm going to have that. But we promote people eating gluten-free just because of all the negative health results of eating gluten. And so what you could do is make that cauliflower crust that we had suggested for pizza you just make the cauliflower crust and not make it into pizza so that would be i'm just going to briefly go over what that is but that also is on our blog where you would uh, rice the cauliflower in your food processor or um or any other sort of device and then just put that on a in a pan with some oil in it and cook it through along with some onion and some garlic and whatever other spices that you like and then you let that cool down just a little bit you'll add the eggs and again the recipe the exact amounts are on the blog but you add some eggs into that mix it up and there's just a little bit of goat cheese in that as well there's just a few tablespoons you mix that up put it out on your on your cookie sheet on top of parchment paper cook that and then instead of making pizza out of it you would actually cut that into pieces and use it for bread so you could make a turkey sandwich out of that put some turkey in there a little bit of that cranberry that you made put in a little bit of lettuce or spinach a few drops of olive oil maybe some salt and an herb blend wrap it up and eat it delicious mm. now that sounds mm-hmm. better than the whole thanksgiving dinner it does yeah, it's making it's my mouth water <laughs> absolutely and so again you know eating well like this doesn't mean going without you you actually feel more satisfied than ever yeah. and you have no foggy thinking you don't feel bogged down with trying to digest all of this it works really well for people And then there's the shopping days. Some of you like to go shopping on Black Friday, and now I hear that stores are opening actually on Thanksgiving Day in the afternoon. So so to accommodate any of you shopping, we would suggest not to start shopping while you're hungry. Instead, start out your shopping at home with a good meal containing at least 20 to 30 grams of good protein. And that could be a protein shake. That could be a bunch of eggs, meaning like at least three eggs, a bunch of vegetables, spinach, maybe your leftover vegetables that you have from Thanksgiving. And be sure that you have some sources of good fats in there as well. And then if, if you're really, really power shopping, maybe you need to have a little, few potatoes or starchy vegetables as well. And avoid any sort of gluten if you want to think clearly and have energy to get through those hours and hours of shopping and, and all those crowds of people. 
And another another example of something you could do if you're out shopping, and you know, I'm just saying out. It doesn't really matter if you're shopping or if you're doing some other sort of thing. Maybe you're actually going sledding or you're going rollerblading or you're doing some other kind of thing that's hours on end. You want to start that out with some good protein and good fats and some good vegetables before you embark on those sorts of activities. Another one would be to make the chocolate cake. And this is another recipe on our blog. We've spoken about it before, but in this case, I'm just going to mention it's a very spongy cake, so whatever shape pan you make it in, once it cools, you can cut it into these small cubes, and it really holds its shape. It's not like the kind of crumbly cake that just kind of pulverizes and gets destroyed. So you can actually cut it into these cubes and put it into a little small container or even put it into a plastic baggie. And if you have a great big coat on with loose pockets, you could even put that cake in your pockets. <laughs> so you uh-huh. pull out your salt from one pocket and your cake out from the other. Exactly. <laughs> or if it's in your purse, you can put it in a small baggie. They're just these little cake cubes. And those are for people that are on the go that you go, I just, I'm, I'm going to die if I don't eat something right now. And you get those little cake cubes out and eat those. And the, the cake is filled with eggs and it has walnuts in there. It's got Got a bunch of good fats in there as well, and so you just eat a few of those little cake cubes, and and you're good to go actually for a few more hours. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I did that in between the wedding ceremony and the um, reception that I was at a couple of um, months ago. I did that because it's always so long, and then you get there, and there's all these hors d'oeuvres that you know aren't going to be things that I can really eat, and it worked really well for me. It was really easy. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean when people have a wedding and then maybe they're doing photos or whatever, so there's hours. Yeah. And that's when people are filling up on their drinks and all, all of this other stuff. So absolutely those cake cubes can come in and work for you. And you don't have to keep them refrigerated, so they're they're extremely portable. That would be another good thing to take when you're flying and going in and out of airports and you've got all those long hours of waiting is um, cake. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, another thing is, you know, if you're shopping, maybe... Go, go to a coffee shop and get yourself a cup of green tea. And if we're speaking about caffeine, often people bring up, well, what about coffee and caffeine? And then here's what they say. Are you going to tell me I can't have coffee anymore? And, you know, it's good to know we don't, we don't really tell people, you know, no more of something for you. We make lots and lots of suggestions. And you end up making your own choices. But in terms of caffeine, I think it's interesting to point out that there have been actually a lot of epidemiologic studies that show that the people that drink the most coffee live the longest. And so coffee is one of those things that you can't say nobody should have coffee or everybody should drink a ton of coffee. It reacts differently in different people's bodies depending on who you are and what stage of life that you're in. And so to know that if you have a great coffee bean that wasn't sprayed up with a bunch of pesticides, so an organic coffee bean, it's actually loaded with tons of wonderful phytonutrients in there that can be very, very beneficial for people's health. So if you're going to drink coffee, we suggest getting a good source of it, of organic coffee. And then what you should do is ask yourself what you feel like. If you have a cup of coffee and you feel great and you have good energy throughout the day, then you go, you know what? You can say, I'm probably one of those people that coffee is just fine for me to have my cup in the morning. 
and then you're good to go. Now, if you're somebody that has to drink coffee all day long, like believe it or not, we knew somebody who drank 10 pots, <laughs> pots, yeah. not, not cups, pots a day. Then you go, you know, that's excessive for somebody. Or if you, you cannot get through your day without a coffee, pick me up. If that's you, it, that's giving you a sign that there's a little bit of trouble in your body. You, you actually want your own cells and mitochondria and the rest of your body to support your energy and not have to rely on coffee every 30 minutes or coffee throughout the entire day. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that would be a sign that there's something that's not giving you great internal energy and you might want to look at that for you. And then there's another group of people who if you have a cup of coffee, you get extremely jittery or anxious or upset, then you say, you know what, coffee obviously is not affecting me in a good way, so coffee is not going to be for me. So this is something that people need to figure out for yourself. Some people can drink maybe five cups of coffee a day and it's actually good for them and it's good for their health. But And if they didn't happen to have those five cups, they still have good energy. They can move through their day. So you're going to have to decide that on your own. If you choose to drink coffee, they'll just choose a good source of organic coffee. And if you're wanting to cut back on caffeine, if you decide that that's not going to be good for you, we suggest switching to a good source of green tea. So if you're out shopping, back to the holidays, if you're out shopping, you go to the coffee shop, ask for some green tea, especially if it's organic, or bring your own. And um, going out to lunch or dinner when you're shopping, it's going to be the same things that we've always talked about, the good source of protein, the vegetables, and... um, you know, we're getting down in our time. It's time to end our radio show. It is already. This went fast. So, well, today we talked a lot about different ways um, to stay on track with the holidays, with eating vegetables and dynamic greens and planning ahead. So next week we'll have even more for you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Body Balance Talk. And be sure to visit the blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com for a plethora of recipes And I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie, and that's our show. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Lucy Hewitt for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.